At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we can. Government is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to A Liberal and a Conservative Walk into a Bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal. My name's Tim. I'm a conservative. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check out our website at libcon.podbean.com. We're in the iTunes Store. We're in the Google Play Store. We're on Stitcher. Uh, we, uh, we're ready to get caught up. It's been, uh, it's been well, I don't know. It's, you know. it's been an interesting week. we got stuff to talk about. You ready to go? Yes. Let's talk about stuff. My favorite thing. All right. Well... I, you know what? I don't even know. I, I, we, we got a president and he just kind of does whatever the hell he wants to. Uh, my f- personal favorite thing this week is that I found out that there is actually still a Donald J. Trump for president uh, organization that is putting ads on television. Did you know this? No, like literally like they're not. So they're not like rah, rah. So this is like Obama's like organization for America or whatever. They're literally still running ads. For president? No, this is this this is the Donald J. Trump campaign. This is actually his presidential campaign ran an ad uh, that was supposed to go on 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 CNN. Again, the organization is called, and it is owned and ran by Donald Trump and his presidential campaign. And they tried to put an ad on CNN talking about how great their first hundred days had gone, and how the fake news media, fake made the mainstream media is fake. And misreporting everything, and that his hundred days had gone straight, and uh, CNN refused to air it on the nice. grounds that it was fake uh, news. On the grounds that it was false advertising. Uh, <laughs> false advertising was that what they said? Yeah, that's what they said. Oh, that's funny. And then, uh, then you know, guess what Trump decided to do? What did he do? He tweeted about it. Shocking. Who knew that he would have tweeted about it? I never knew he would have tweeted about that kind of thing. So anyway, uh, you know what? Let's let's if we're just going to talk about stupid shit tonight, let's just start with the shutdown that almost happened and then didn't happen. Because the thing that baffles me the most right now is that you have a you have a a, a government that is made up entirely of one party, and I would be saying this if this was the Democrats in charge, but. It's not. It's the Republicans who have the House, the Senate, the Supreme Court, and the presidency. And they still spend a week talking about shutting down the government. And and I'm also confused about how long... Sorry, so one, you're right. That's ridiculous and stuff. But I'm also just confused on, like, it's only funded until September? Is that normal? Yeah. Do we, do we generally just do so. this once a quarter? Like... No. How long are these budgets supposed to last for? At least a year, right? They're supposed to be. They're called annual budgets. They're supposed okay. to because these aren't actual budgets. They're passing. They're just spending bills to keep the government open. This is what they were pulling the entire time Obama was in office. So they just keep kicking the can down the way, and then you figure, well, okay, somebody's going to be in charge, so now we can pass an actual budget. But no, we still can't. So when Obama was president, we never passed a budget. Not that I, I I don't know about never. I think we, I think they passed, I think the Democrats were passing budgets when they were in charge. Again, when they had everything, but you know, the Republicans kind of came in and, and you know, made things difficult and, you know, did what opposition parties do. And you wound up with these constant threats of, you know, I mean, you remember they were, they were constantly going to shut down. Oh, no, I remember there was the they, fiscal and they, cliffs and they did. And they, did for a while, they shut right? it down. Yeah. 13 days, I think 17 days yeah. in 2013. So, yeah. So, you know, they, uh, uh, they did these, these, these t- uh, temporary spending bills or, you know, uh, extensions or whatever the hell they call it. It was like nine different terms for them. And and they they fund things for a certain period of time until, you know, generally it's right after the next session. So this would be right at the beginning of the fall session, you know, because they go on break in August uh, generally. And then they come back sometime around Labor Day and then they get to work. So in this case, that's that's what they'll do. I mean, they've done this before, like in this exact time frame. So, yeah, so they still couldn't pass anything. 
And even in what they did pass, they couldn't get all the crap that they've been talking about doing for ages. They were going to defund Planned Parenthood. Well, I couldn't pull that off. They were going to, uh, they were going to, uh, uh, um, really stick it to the NIH and the EPA and all this stuff and like in, in Trump's budget. Well, they couldn't really pull that off either. Uh, and uh, there, you know, and then for, forget the wall. I mean, ain't no friggin' wall in this thing. So we got to wait on that for another six months. So, I mean, or three months or four months or however long it is down the way. So, you know, I mean, it was just, I don't, I don't know. I, what do you make of all this? I, I can't even keep up anymore. I mean, I think not being able to keep up anymore is a pretty accurate way of looking at things. I mean, it's just one set of, it feels like one set of ridiculous followed by another set of ridiculous followed by another set of ridiculous. Uh, In our last show, I talked about just feeling like we were kind of a disappointing party at this point. From a, from a governor standpoint, I mean, we haven't succeeded in passing anything. Uh, and that seems to remain to be true, even though, like you said, we control everything. We're still unable to get anything really uh, accomplished. Um, and they're still blaming Democrats. At least the White House is still constantly blaming the Democrats. All of this is the Democrats' fault. The Democrats are the party of obstruction. And Trump's little make myself feel better speech from Saturday night. Did you see that? Did you read it? No, I didn't. His, his neener neener speech when he heard not going to not going to the White House correspondence dinner. It was awful. No, I uh, didn't. I, I blocked all of that out. That was, yeah. yeah. What did he um, do? Did he, so he gave a neener neener he spent, speech? Uh, yeah, well, he went to Pennsylvania and had himself a little, little campaign rally. What it is was with exactly the like his campaign This is rallies. not normal, right? Did I block out Obama doing this or something, or Bush doing this? I mean, isn't this this is weird, right? <laughs> this is weird, right? Yeah, yes, it is weird. I mean, I mean, Obama gave speeches. I mean, there were, you know, I mean, he went to events and. Yeah, I'm just called a bully pulpit for a reason. But these no, these make yourself feel better rallies that treated that are treated exactly like campaign. That, style yeah, events. that's what yeah, I'm saying. These are campaign rallies. This isn't him speaking to the labor unions or him speaking to whatever group and using the chance to push his agenda. These are straight up Trump campaign rallies, which is very yeah, strange exactly and very third world authoritarian leader kind of crap. Uh, and then you tack that on to him, the way he's, you know, the way he attacks the judiciary and the way he attacks the press and the way he ta- it's, it's all. Well, and then really, running the ad, really, too, really trying to run that ad. Yeah. yeah it's icky. Yeah. It's, it's very icky. Yeah. Icky is the right term. Uh, every, everything about the way that he is running things right now is, is icky. Uh, yeah, I just I, I imagine sometimes I I kind of start to imagine that he what he actually does is he his 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 and he just walks around his entire inner monologue is just him going Trump 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 and he walks around the White House just saying that under his breath Trump 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 because he seems to like saying it he he says it a lot I've never seen anybody who's like a public figure speak about themselves in the third person the way that he does it's it's Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole lecture style. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I, it, this, it, the last 10 days feel almost too easy for somebody like me because it, there's just all of this stuff that is just, it, it, it's it's it seems almost impossible. Like the thing about the Civil War, it's like it's like that debate scene in Clueless, you know, where she just says something that's really kind of airheaded uh, and silly. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. And I mean, he's standing up like he's literally in public, going, you know, people don't ask that question, but why was there a Civil War? Nobody asked that. People look at the sky. They see it's blue. They wonder why it's blue. Nobody talks about this. Jesus, I, I got nothing. What, what do you got? You got anything fun? I, you know, they, well, so the 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 new, 
the what it what the tax plan. Let's talk about the tax plan. So, or, or was it even a tax plan? It was it a sheet of paper that somebody was just like, oh shit, we got to have a tax plan. Somebody write something out real quick and get it out to the press. We told them it was going to get out in the first hundred days. No, I mean, well, the tax plan follows pretty closely to what he had put out before. Um, you know, he had, he had talked about decreasing the number of um, brackets, uh, and he talked about cutting the corporate tax rate, you know, from 35 to 15. Uh, so, I mean, all of these sorts of things were in there. And he relies upon the same sort of uh, wishful thinking economics to, to pay for it. You know, this idea that we're going to have so much growth uh, that it will that it'll pay for itself, which which doesn't which which is not a good way to go, uh, especially since you got to think about the fact. I mean, we used to talk about the the debt and the deficit, right? So one, it's not even a matter of making something tax neutral. I mean, we actually have to be finding ways to bring in more revenue um, than we're spending. I mean, this is. Yeah, we need to get someplace where we haven't been works, in like 18 you know? years. I mean, this is this yeah. is an important aspect of things. And the house the house tax plan has you know, a very lucrative what I think is a very good idea, the the border tax adjustment. Um, but Trump's plan doesn't include that, you know? Um, and then he's got the estate the getting rid of the estate tax uh, which is which is just insane. I mean, the the idea that you would that you would eliminate a tax that only affects people who make I want to say it's more than five million dollars. That's what one group said. I thought it was only people who like were handed down in a state at a, a state of more than five hundred and thirty six thousand. But either way, why do you get rid of that? Um, th- this makes absolutely no sense to me that you would that you would want to provide tax relief to people who had that much money to be passing on. Um, and then a state tax is a primary method of maintaining social equality. Uh, because the more the more wealth that is passed down from generation to generation, this this creates these enormously powerful families. Um, that have this massive accumulation of wealth, which is not healthy for for a civilization or for a country. So, and then his tax plan obviously is is regressive. Like I, I love, I, I love all of the ideas of we we only need to simplify the tax plan. We we need to you know the, the thing we always talk about putting it all being able to do your taxes on a postcard. Um, all of these things are good. Getting rid of all of these deductions and all all of this is necessary and needed. And these are the sorts of noises that he makes. But he, his plan is not following through on that. Much less is his plan even pretending to help the people who elected him. Uh, yet somehow he has his approval rating. We'll talk about this more later is at 85% amongst Republicans. 85%. So, I don't understand where most of my party is getting their news from. Because he's not doing anything that he said he was going to do. And a lot of the things that he's sort of almost accomplishing that he did say he was going to do are things that are going to hurt them a lot. So it's it's pretty baffling. Well, I mean, you, you've kind of made most of my arguments for me. Oh, you're I mean, welcome. I, yeah, I wasn't mean, it fun when yeah. we had those couple months where me and you disagreed a lot? Yeah, that was good times. Yeah. yeah. Not a, so much anymore. It was a much more interesting I mean, show. It, Sorry, let me try to defend uh, Trump for a little bit. Let me see what I can do. Um, nope, shit, can't. Do you want me to say Jay Kush again? Uh, yeah, that could, yeah, yeah start insulting random people again. That always helps out. 
Uh, Insulting random start, people. Start demeaning people again. This is always uh, useful. Who's demeaning anybody? <laughs> I ain't demean. I have not. De- that is not demeaning. Jay Kush is not uh, a demeaning nickname. Uh, Moron. That's a demeaning nickname. <laughs> Little rich boy who has no background at all, who just sort of inherited daddy's money, lost it all on Wall Street, and then married well. That's demeaning. Jay Kush. There that's it not is. demeaning. Keep it up. That, that right, could be cool. Now I'm feeling. Now I'm he, getting going again. Um, you feel better? I mean, he could have been Jay Cush in college for all you know. Yeah. So I mean, the, yeah, the, the the tax plan, the the tax plan is a joke. It doesn't it doesn't do anything good uh, for our country. With with the I mean, get, cutting the corporate tax rate is good. This is huge. This is important. You know, and we do. We have these relatively high tax rates, but then we have all of these this just labyrinth of deductions. So that people with, you know, lawyers and lots of money can find ways to dodge all of those taxes. Um, so it, it needs to be well, done. And then, but, but, and okay, but see, those aren't the things that he's talking about getting. Like, he talks about ending these deductions, right? So you look at that tax plan. And you know what? I, I would bet you that the bulk of people in, in, in my sort of tax bracket and then people like in our sphere you me the people that we know and um our parents and you know some people like that that just are sort are are squarely firmly 100 percent right in the middle that uh really probably have not seen their actual taxes fluctuate one way or t'other in years and everybody's got the same basic deductions that they take. You've got a couple of child care tax credits. You've got your student loan interest. You've got your mortgage interest. Maybe you find a way to write off a computer purchase or something. You know, a uh, couple of tax rece- gas receipts here and there, you know, which maybe tax a couple hundred bucks onto your return one way or the other. But for the most part, most people are pretty much right around the same way. And a lot of what he's talking about ending Honestly, he's talking about making it so the only thing you can deduct is your mortgage. Well, I mean, that I'm done right there because he took out the only the thing that really makes a difference on my taxes is being able to deduct my student loan interest. So he's taken that away. So, yeah, he's actually finding a way to hurt me. However, he spent two years talking about how he wanted guys like me to pay attention to him, to listen, to say, oh, I can do this. You're not doing it. In fact, you're turning around and screwing me. Well, and what's bad is that not only is he screwing you, but he's then getting rid of something like the estate tax, right? Like, I agree. Forgive me. I agree with getting rid of the deduction for student loans interest. I I agree with that. Um I, Why? I, I would probably even be for getting rid of the deduction for your mortgage interest. I would probably be for that one as well. Um, because we don't need it because we don't need to make it so complicated with all of these different deductions and ridiculousness. Like, just no. Um, it's okay to be complicated. If it means I have to pay an extra 10 bucks to do my taxes to do that, but I get another thousand dollars back. I'm okay with that. I'm sure you are. That's, it, it, I'll spend it, 20 minutes doing my taxes. TurboTax makes it easy. It ain't that complicated. No. I put in some numbers. I click next a couple of times. I can no, be done because, because that, that, that is what sets up this just, it's the slippery slope thing, which I know you hate this argument, but it's the slippery slope thing. And it's, but I make the argument because it's proven true. We had this ridiculous tax labyrinth for special interests and Reagan fixed it, right? Good job, Reagan. And then between then and now it's been, well, this deduction would really help this group. Okay, well, that, that. All right, well, this deduction would really help this. So, okay, well, at that. Well, then this one would. Re- and suddenly, we have all these deductions. So, I'm sorry. It's time to shut it down. Shut it down. You get your. You, uh, allow the charity deduction to stay. Keep the charity deduction. And that's it. Everything else got to go. That's That's my opinion. Okay. Since you bring up Reagan. I saw it. I haven't read this book yet, and I doubt seriously that I'm going to. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't. I, I I don't like. I don't like reading 
please let please pay attention to me when I refer because I'm I'm the the books that politicians write when they're being coy about whether or not they're going to run for president because they all do this. Uh, and Elizabeth Warren's came out just recently. Uh, she was on Bill Maher on Friday. She's going to uh, run against Trump. She. This is what happens. This is what happens. Now, now we're going to have crazy right but is trump even right wing i don't know it's so hard to understand no trump's but just we're crazy. gonna have populist right and populist left as our only two options in 2020 trump is the baby boomers paris hilton what were you gonna say though no so anyway pocahontas wrote a book um and it okay so the the the, which Mar actually called her that to her face. That was really funny. That's she was not amused. <laughs> I am not amused. I'm not amused by this. No, yeah, that was that was that was Elizabeth Warren's resting bitch face right there. <laughs> 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 but anyway, so um, so the point, the supposition that the the basic thesis of the book is that we had that what is going on right now has been going on 40 years in the making. And what she says is effectively that post-World War II, we had the largest progressive investment from uh, investment in progressive principles during and before, during, and after World War II. And we had massive investments in infrastructure, in education, in healthcare, in uh, uh, higher, much higher tax rates, maybe not quite as high as a lot of Democrats make them out to be, but still much higher than they are now. And we had a massively booming middle class to show for it. And because of a recession that happened, that was probably normal. And during the seventies, and again, I'm not saying I agree with all this, but I'm saying this is this is this is Liz's. Uh, I'm sorry, Madam Senator Warren. Uh, this is her her thesis that because of a minor recession that was normal in the 70s, we elected Reagan and Reagan started sounded the death knell and everything that to all of that. He he cut all the taxes and he cut he basically cut everybody's taxes, cut all the spending in education, cut all the spending in infrastructure. And that's why we have what we have now. Wow, she's really doing a good job of ignoring the thirty years of prosperity that followed Reagan. I don't know. Was it thirty years? Of, was it thirty years of prosperity? I mean, was it really all that great for all of us? I mean, did we have the same booming middle class that we had during the fifties, sixties, and all right. pretty good chunk of the seventies? I really feel like when we talk about this booming middle class in the fifties and sixties and that, how great that, it was that, for everybody that gap, else, we are really that ignoring gap the wretched up. poverty. That a lot of people experienced in the fifties and sixties. Um, necessarily say I agreed with all of it. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I know. I'm going to pretty is, this firmly is the supposition behind Liz's book. Well, I'm going to pretty firmly disagree with her suppositions um, because, yeah, because she she's ignoring um, the econ- the just massive economic prosperity uh, that our country experienced for for thirty years from the you know right. At, Right until 2009, and she's ignoring the economic prosperity that we're still, still enjoying. Like we are not some sort of impoverished, wretched state. I mean, we we have a couple of glitches, you know, that that need to be major, major glitch. Sorry, major glitches that need to be fixed. We have some of these things that are big things that need to be fixed. Um, you know, but a lot of them are not for lack of effort you know you talk about amount of money being put into education i would bet you dollars to pesos we put way more money into education now than we did in the 1950s um in accordance with inflation like i mean i i bet you we i, I bet per person sit down and look at per person taking into account inflation i bet you a billion dollars we spend way more money on education now than we did in the 1950s and 60s. Um, the biggest and the biggest issue with our infrastructure is it's lacking. We, we're lacking vision. 
with infrastructure. Uh, but I agree, this, that, that is a huge issue. We need to put that money into it. But yeah, there, there is a, I believe there is somewhat of a progressive fantasy about the way that we were doing it. It's like listening to white people talk about the 50s. You know, it's like this wonderful, idyllic time. You're just like, yeah, if you were a white dude, it was wonderful and ideal. Not for everybody else. Uh, now white Christian dude. Yeah, white Christian dudes. And I feel like Warren is being guilty of that one uh, when she when she tries to talk about uh, all this prosperity. And the world, I mean, and also they're just completely different worlds at that time. You know, the way that the world worked from a trade standpoint. Um, you know, the fact that we were, we were almost the only game out there. You know, you didn't have... The, these, uh, you know, the Brit countries and these developing countries competing on world markets, you know, I mean, this is all, yeah, it's just a different world. So I, I completely disagree with Warren and what she's saying. I sort of figured you would. But Shocking. I wanted to hear the other side myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, again, I'm not gonna, I, I don't, I don't know that I can defend that because I don't know that I can defend that, but I mean, a lot of my basic, um, I mean, a lot of my, my basic, you know, complaints and, and, uh, and, and points that I, I keep hearing, uh, about, uh, you know, about, uh, from some of the points that people make about like, uh, union breaking and, and, uh, uh tax rates needing to continue to go down and, and the, just the basic tenets of, of what I see as, as Republican principles that I just, that just to me don't hold up under scrutiny still maintain and some of them jive a little bit with what what progressives tend to the rosier picture that progressives tend to to point out um and the fact that i think everybody seems to sort of miss the 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 basic the differences between then and now to me the difference the the difference then and the the gap that we have yet to fill goes back to what i've said a number of times on this show about manufacturing and the fact that in in dozens, if not hundreds of towns across this country back in the 60s and 50s and 60s and even 40s, 50s and 60s, uh, there were good jobs to be good blue collar jobs to be found that were pretty basic manufacturing type gigs. You know, went in, you pulled your eight hours a day. You got paid a, a, a good amount of money, had benefits, could work for 25, 30, 40 years if you wanted to, bonus money around Christmas, overtime every now and then, and 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 done. And then there was a pension waited for you, waiting for you when you retired. Uh and and probably health care for you too. And th those jobs don't exist anymore. That life isn't there. We've replaced that with McDonald's and Walmart. And instead of being able to, you know, start early and when you started early, be making, you know, five, six, seven bucks an hour and then bump on up. And, you know, after you'd been there for, you know, five, six, seven years, you could, you know, probably be making 15 bucks an hour, you know, and then eventually 20 or even 30, depending on whether or not you wanted to get promoted or whatnot. Uh, you know, these things, they're just, they're just not around. They're not there, you know, because we're, I don't know. And, and nobody, nobody talks about filling that void. Well, I think a lot of people uh, talk about filling that void, but I think a lot of people talk about it in this idyllic sense of we just need to bring the jobs back here as if the, all the manufacturing jobs could just still exist and could just be brought right back to the United States and we could just make all this stuff here. And that is just, I, I don't feel that that's accurate. Those jobs disappeared, some because of free trade, but the primary reason why these jobs have disappeared is automation. That's the big reason. I know. I'm, I'm, so, well, yeah, I know. And I, you know, and, I and, and McDonald's that, can't pay what, you know, a manufacturing job paid in the sixties. It's just not the same industry. And, and, and no, I know. And I'm not saying yeah. that they should, I'm saying that that's, that's where those people went. 
Okay, the people that used to work those manufacturing gigs, now they work at McDonald's. Now they work at Walmart. Now they work at Food Lion and Harris Teeter and Kroger and all of these places that 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 you're right. They're not the kind of industry where you can pay that sort of money. You know, you're going to max out at about 12 bucks an hour mm-hmm. when you've been there for a while. And it's not you know, that's just not the kind of place that you can can do that, you know. Um, and uh, and they shouldn't be expected to. Where there should be is that, the, again, and this is where I always talk about how the baby boomers have been full of shit their entire existence. Uh, because they always talked about meeting the challenges of the 20th century and then they never did 21st century and then they never did. No, they just never bothered. They never did. They just kind of kept kicking the can on down the road. <clears throat> And yep. now we have the id of the baby boomers, you know, the real, you know, that everything wrong with the baby boomer generation in encompassed into one giant orange ball of goo who now inhabits the White House. <clears throat> was that disrespectful enough for you? <laughs> it was. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is I mean, this is the route we go. And, and, and now this is the point where I start pushing and talking about the universal basic income and how that's the way that we can uh, rectify, the, you know, rectify the situation from a job standpoint and automation standpoint. And, you know, um, so but there there are there are ways to fix things, the infrastructure uh is huge it's important but it's not the uh, i'm sorry i don't think that by when we say infrastructure this means that we need to be um building more high-speed railways i i don't think that that's really the direction that we need to go when we talk about infrastructure we don't need to be thinking bigger We, we need to be thinking smaller we need to be thinking about um smart electric grids we need to be thinking about uh wireless networks uh and building building the 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 cables that are going to allow areas like eastern kentucky to have high-speed internet uh we need to be thinking about how are we going to um create an infrastructure that revolves around driverless cars that's the direction that things are going and that's a direction that would be good for the planet, good for us, good for everybody. But I don't hear that. I'm not hearing those sorts of things when we talk about inf- when they talk about infrastructure plans. It's not really the sort of stuff I hear. Um, I hear a little. Yeah, they're bit always about they're airports, always they're only ever talking roads. about fixing roads. They're talking about built fixing, as Bernie puts it, our crumbling infrastructure. And, and we do, uh, we do need to fix and we, yeah. that. But I mean, we need, and we like need you some said, vision. airports at some point, but we, we need some vision. We well, need yeah, some ideas. Um, yeah. And, and we can't, and we can't have that vision and those ideas because every time you talk about it, and again, here, I, I'm, I'm going to take another opportunity to knock the baby boomers. But every time you talk about, well, I want to talk about, let's, let's talk about, can we invest in like solar or can we invest in, you know, the wind stuff? Or are we looking at hard enough at, at battery operated cars? Are we looking at this? And the only argument you ever hear back is, well, solar didn't work. Everybody knows solar didn't work. Nobody wants to look at the wind stuff and the batteries. God, you're just charging it right off your house. Ugh. You know, and you're just, and then where are you going to, you're going to need coal for that one. You know, you're just going to put all the coal miners out of jobs. Well, you know what's coal miners been out of their jobs for a long fucking time already. So. None of this is helping. But while we're on the subject of manufacturing and coal miners getting their jobs, I want to switch over to round of applause because I'm going to burst into flames from my round of applause to Governor Matt Bevin from the state of Kentucky. Wow, that who just happened. Talked a whole okay. bunch of shit all right. about who talked a whole bunch of shit all of this time coming up about how he was going to bring all these jobs back and do all this great stuff, and he just focused on like whether or not the people who worship Jesus were happy for like the year, the first year that he was in office. And then last week, the dude brought an awesome project to Kentucky. He's bringing a, he negotiated an agreement to bring an aluminum company. Oh yeah. uh, I saw this. An aluminum plant to Greenup County, Kentucky to Eastern Kentucky, an area that badly needs jobs. They're going to kick it off quickly. It's going to be completed and open in 2020. The jobs are going to pay 38 bucks an hour plus benefits. 550 people in an area where there may not be 550 people living right now. Uh, 
it, it's 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 fantastic. It's wonderful. Brought a tear to my eye. Thank you, Governor Bevin. Great job. Really, a fantastic job. This is the kind of crap that Kentucky needs, and it's the kind of stuff that uh, that you know that 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 people need. These are the kind of jobs that that I was just talking about, and I I think it's an amazing amazing thing. It, that is, it, I saw that too, and it is absolutely fantastic, and is exactly the sort of thinking that we need for Eastern Kentucky. You know, what is we need to stop just worrying about coal and start talking about what is life in Eastern Kentucky look like? What does the economy of Eastern Kentucky look like after coal? Um, and so this is very forward thinking. This is fantastic. Thank you so much, Governor Bevin. Who have you got? Uh, throwback, John Kasich. Uh, he wrote, um, he wrote one of those books that you were just talking about. Did he write one of those he books? Wrote, uh, I'm shocked. Yeah. And they're all coming out at the same time. Yeah. It was, I think it was like two paths for America, America divided or America united. Um, and it's in him continuing to stress, uh, the need for, um, America to come together. Uh, and he, just rails against the the partisanship that's out there. Uh, and he, he's very, he, he does something that's very brave. and something that I, I agree with that I've done as well. And he lays some of the blame. He doesn't just sit around bashing other, other politicians. He lays some of the blame on the American public, uh, because this is, this is our fault. We are doing this to ourselves, um, by putting ourselves in our little cocoons, Surrounded by other, uh, you know, like-minded people, um, and then we focus on we just want the people from our party to win. We hate everyone who's not part of our little group, um, and we have to start thinking beyond that. Um, so he, you know, it. John Kasich is probably done with. You know, this is his his coy little. You know, will I run in twenty twenty sort of thing. Uh, but I I enjoyed him as a candidate in uh, the last election, and I am sad that he did not get um, the uh, the attention and the opportunity that he deserved. Uh, and I appreciate his service. Yeah, I you know I hey look I technically voted for Kasich in the primaries. I mean there's no technical about it. I did vote for the man. <laughs> How do you technically vote? Um, I you know yeah same. So, so uh, yeah, no, I like the guy. I always liked him. And, you know, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, there, there, there are still, he, he is still, I mean, the guy's still a Republican. He's still a conservative. He does some conservative things that I'm not necessarily crazy about, but you know, for the most part, he is, he is one of the better, uh, you know, uh, one of, when I think of the, the better politicians out there, the guys who talks about the kind of things that I like to hear and, you know, is he, is he perfect? No, but is he the kind of candidate that if I'm being honest, bipartisan me, then yeah, he's the kind of guy that I would I very much need to pay attention to, mm-hmm. uh, were he ever to get a nomination, you know? And I, I, the thing that I think has been interesting to me is that I'm, I've started to wonder, is that you, you look at, you look at the thing that, that happened this week with with the the budget thing passing on Sunday, budget resolution, whatever the hell it was, if it's not, it's not really a budget, whatever, but it it so blatantly ignored damn near everything that Trump wanted. I mean, it's just a lot of it's just not even there. Uh, nobody's none of no one who really actually has the power to do things within the government really pay any attention to him. It seems anymore. The House just sort of seems to be ignoring him. He went off on that rant about Puerto Rico. Like, did he even know that Puerto Rico was, you know, like technically part of the country that, you know, because he was acting like Puerto Rico was Mexico trying to freeload off Congress. Uh, And and again, nobody paid any attention to it. And they took care of Puerto Rico in the budget, Uh, you know. um, And so I just I. I mean, I wonder if he's just sort of getting in danger of becoming sort of marginalized and almost lame duck in his, unless he just keeps issuing executive orders, which I really need to point that out. He issued more executive orders since Garfield or not Garfield Truman. since uh, Truman. What did he do? Garfield was the last one. He, and he acted, yeah, Garfield was the first last one to get a Supreme Court nominee in his first hundred days, which that is blind screaming luck that any president gets that that's not an accomplishment that's uh you know the the 
you spun the bottle and it got pointed to you when it happened. Uh, it has nothing to do with it being an accomplishment. But more executive orders than Truman in his first hundred days. Uh, yeah, I really, and, and that's another, you know, we can just point. For all the railing Point about to hypocrisy, them. yeah, over and over again. Emperor Obama, Emperor Obama, my ass. This is, and Trump is being blatant about it. I mean, he's not even trying to hide it. You know, wanting to, talking about wanting to get rid of the filibuster for uh, even legislation. Um blasting the the judiciary when they disagree with him i mean it is um and then yeah all the stuff that he's talking about trying to do by executive order i mean this is dangerous territory uh and this is not the way that our government is supposed to function well but i mean part of the way that it becomes less dangerous territory it's not a good thing that they're doing it but i mean they can just you know for the most part they can they can the congress can just ignore him which it seems like to a certain extent that may be what they're doing. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, but I don't even know how that plays out to a certain extent. They need the executive. You know, that's the way the system is sort of designed. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if we even have a system anymore, it's getting hard to tell. So I got nothing. (laughs) Um, Okay. So speaking of Obama, the man came back. Last week, uh, I I didn't really watch the entire speaking engagement. I I caught some clips of it, but he went into a little 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 thing Q and A sort of session in 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 Chicago. It's really pretty innocuous for the most part. He didn't. I think everybody was expecting him to come out and take pot shots at Trump the entire time. I, I don't don't really think he. I don't think did. he brought him up at all. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, it didn't really come up, you know, which I think is sticking with sort of an, an unwritten rule by ex-presidents. You know, they don't yeah talk about each other, you yeah. know, not publicly. And of course, I'm sure Trump's not going to pay any attention to that when he's an ex-president. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there at this point. Uh, a couple of things to come out of this. One, there was this whole thing about his speaking fees that uh, he's making four, he's, he's making Hillary money to give speeches to Wall Street. Shit, almost double Hillary money. Right, you know? Uh, a lot of people were not happy. You know, Bernie wasn't happy. Fox had an interesting write-up on it, saying he's basically undercutting his argument. Uh, I read several other fairly you know progressive sources saying that they thought that this was a mistake on his part. Uh, me as a, as a personal rule, I don't generally begrudge, begrudge ex-presidents for the money they make. Everybody want to make a big deal about the money the Clintons made after, after Bill was, was president. I mean, come on, you know, the guys, they're going to, you know, publishers throw you buckets of money and, uh, wall street people are willing to throw you, you know, a couple hundred grand because wall street people are chodes and you're willing to just chuck you a couple hundred grand to come out and you know give a speech and have dinner and say some innocuous crap i do you care uh i all right i do not care right like this is you know apparently they felt this is worth their money that's what the market's willing to pay that's what the i guess that's what the market's willing to pay right uh yeah but i mean i'm i'm the republican here (laughs) So, <laughs> you know, uh, do you think it hurts? Do you think it hurts his argument? I really, I mean, well, I mean, what, I mean, if your argument is the oligarchy, then I don't know. You need to work on your burning. Yeah, it's not any good. Uh, I don't know, I don't know maybe, maybe a little, but I mean, it's all, I don't know. Bernie, that's one of the things I did like about Bernie. Bernie definitely wasn't a hypocrite. I mean, there is no doubt about that. You know, man did not have make up, didn't seem to be rolling in dough. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can see Vox's argument uh, that that he hurts that he hurts himself a little bit uh, by taking that sort of large sums of money uh, for for the speaking engagements. Um, but I don't know. 
I, I'm not. I, I, I begrudged him much more the millions of dollars of taxpayers' dollars spent on vacation in Hawaii uh, than I do taking a speaking fee, you know. Um, everyone gave Hillary shit for everyone gave Hillary shit for her answer of like that's what they offered you know hey I mean that's what they offered you know I mean it's alright you want to pay 400 grand to hear me talk sure I'll take it you know yeah um, find me somebody who wouldn't take that you Seriously. know I mean it's not like he's taking money from the poor it's not like he's taking money from me no the rich Wall Street execs who want to are willing to pay that kind of money to hear what he has to say, then all right, you know. Uh, you can maybe make the argument with Hillary when, you know, she knew she was going to be running again and she's taking those large sums of money. Is she really going to be able to not be in their pocket, kind of, you know? Obama ain't running for anything else. He's done. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I am... Not concerned about it, but I do understand. I do understand Vox's argument, though I don't necessarily completely agree with it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I, I hear what they're saying, but I mean, you know, again, I'd rather if if Wall Street, if Wall Street's going to pay that kind of money to get people to come give speeches to him, I'd rather give it to somebody like Obama because I know he's not going to, you know, build gold statues to himself like you know some people who shall remain president. Um, you know, it doesn't. I, I I don't know. It it just doesn't. It just it's like I said. I don't begrudge ex presidents what they make, but really, you had a problem with the trips to Hawaii. I mean, just the time spent to go visit his family that bugs you. Boy, the Mar-a-Lago trips must really piss you off. They do. They do. They piss me off a lot. Melania Trump's pissing me off a lot too. They're all pissing me off a lot. Yep. What's Melania done? She won't just come live at the White House. She's demanding for New York City to pay millions of dollars in her for her protection because she doesn't want to live in the White House right now. Look, I'm sorry. If that was gonna if that, if if this was gonna be an issue, he shouldn't have run for president. I, I, if they weren't willing again, to accept preach, the the aspects of life that went along with the presidency, some of the limiting of freedom, because you can't waste all of our people's money. You shouldn't have run and you definitely shouldn't be doing all this and then talking about how, Oh, well we got to save money. So we're going to cut what, uh, all of these different programs, which I'm mean, generally for, like I do want to see the federal government scale down, but you can't do that in the same breath as you're spending every weekend over at Mar-a-Lago. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. So yes, I did not like, the trips to Hawaii. Um, but I despise what Trump is doing so much more than Obama. I, I mean, it's just not even a comparison. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's fair. Um, so, uh, the Politico investigation, fly your family up from, from Hawaii. Like, I mean, you want to, you want to see, I mean, that, that, that's cheaper. Have them all over to Camp David. You know, I'm sorry. You're the president. It is ridiculously expensive when you travel. That's just the way it is. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, no, I never thought about that. They probably could have flown. What did he call his? Well, no, she she died right, right after he got elected the grandmother. But the entire. Yeah, they could have flown the entire. You know what? That's right. That's bullshit. Shouldn't have flown. To, yeah. Should brought you right. Bring them all to Camp David. That would have worked. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Camp David ain't nice enough. Jeez, I know. I'm sure Camp David is very nice. Yeah. So okay. So the while we're on the subject of Obama, because I this this has gone away relatively quickly. I'm a little surprised that it's gone away. But this is during the Iran deal. It was revealed by Politico in a pretty extensive investigation uh, that, well, the. Some of the stuff that was in the Iran deal from a standpoint of letting out prisoners was a little bit of a bigger deal than the administration let on. And some of those guys that got let out uh, were, they were, they were some not nice guys. Uh, 
that were released by the administration in order to placate Iran to get him to sign the deal. Now, uh, but th- we also got people as well. This wasn't just to get them to yeah, sign the deal. This was sort of a hostage exchange, a prisoner exchange, basically. Yeah, but it was still sort of the kind of thing that the that they kind of glossed over a little bit uh, during the rollout of the thing. Right. These are business people. Uh, um, yeah. No, not really. If mafia is a business. I mean, in the sense that okay. arms are business, yes. So, I mean, yeah, it was. It seemed a little. It seemed a little again, a little icky to me. But I don't know that it's a, that massive sort of bombshell. Uh, I don't think Trump reads political politico anymore because I think they were mean to him somewhere down the way. So he probably hasn't heard about it yet. Um, but I, I don't know. Did, did, had, I, 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 I mean, it bothered me a little bit, but you know, it's kind of like, well, what's done is done. I mean, what are we going to do? Impeach him? Uh, you know, well, um, I mean, I still stand by I, I and mean, think well, the Iran like, deal I is don't, a, yeah, but well, let's not overstate. Like, I, I don't think this is, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they, no, they, they exchanged prisoner. They exchanged prisoners. Um, you know, and I, no, this was the exchange prisoners and then the government didn't fully explain to the American people exactly who these people were that got exchanged. Uh, and, and they didn't lie about, it. I mean, they, you know, they, they released the, the, the names of the prisoners and who they were. They just didn't fully explain exactly what they had, uh, type of business they were in and that, uh. And I'm sorry, I, I can't bring myself to care with, with everything that is going on right now. Um, yeah, I, I can't bring myself to care about that one. That seems pretty minor in comparison to everything else that's going on in the world right now. So, and I would imagine that's why it didn't stick. Because why, why, why worry about that story when there's you know, executive orders to withdraw from NAFTA. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What? What the hell's going on? You know. Um, are we going to withdraw from NAFTA? No, we're not going to withdraw from NAFTA. Well, we're maybe withdraw we are. From NAFTA. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're not. I don't know. Maybe we will. Jeez. Oh, mercy. Hey, hey. So supposedly. He did say something you would fun. like. Uh, he did uh, bring up uh, breaking up the big banks. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that. What? Yeah. what? what? So that's good. What? Yeah, that's that he brought. When did up, he bring that up? I don't know, probably Twitter or something. Who <laughs> heaven only knows. But he, <laughs> he did at least mention doing that. It was like, okay, well, hey, that's actually a reasonable idea. You know, I don't really trust you to carry this out in an appropriate manner, but at least that point, that basic idea was accurate. Oh, and that's the, uh, that brings up breaking, speaking of breaking things up in the last show, last show or a couple shows ago, you brought up, um, the United flight and, uh, I sort of defended the airlines. Um, cause you, you sort of imply that they had a monopoly, that there was a uh, lack of competition. And I was saying that I disagreed. Uh, I, I felt like, there was sufficient competition that all this sort of stuff. Uh, the economist agrees with you. Uh, they feel pretty strongly that, uh, the airlines have the four major airlines have a basic monopoly, uh, on everything. Um, and that it's destroying competition and this, and that we, we are paying too much for flights. You know, we saw the cost of jet fuel, plummet and yet prices stayed about where they were um so yeah so at least according to the economist i am completely in the wrong there and they laid out ideas for ways for the government to fix that well that's why we have antitrust laws Mm -hmm. oh wait we don't enforce those anymore I, you know, I mean i i sort of look at i mean the thing about it is, is that i i i i have a basic approach to sort of the way that I look at, at, at costs and, and thing, you know, I, 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 and, and whether or not I feel like things are fair just based on 
whether or not I feel like I have choices. Okay. And in a lot of cases, in a lot of ways, in a lot of industries, I feel like there are, there is a certain amount of choice computers. If I want to buy a computer that's completely tricked out and I want to pay for it and I'm willing to pay for it, then I can go out and I can spend two to three grand on a, on a, on a, on a computer from really any given company and a fairly well tricked out computer is going to cost about that. But if I want to be cheap and I want to go out and I want to spend $200 on a a laptop and get one that's a little bulky, probably a little slow, then I can go out and I can spend $200 on a laptop and these various prices, they'll have sales where they drop them crazy low and I can get whatever I want to. And, and there is, there is a wide range a variety and things that I can, can do and buy. And that to me is competition. And when it comes to flying, flying is expensive. Plane tickets are going to run you three, four or $500 for a round trip ticket. Pretty much regardless of where you go. And pretty much regardless of, of what you want to do, you're going to pay three to four to $500 to get crammed into an uncomfortable seat for a couple hours, get felt up, walk about two miles and be miserable by the time it's done with. And if you want to tack on a couple hundred bucks, then you can go sit in first class and have about an extra foot worth of leg room. And there is no variation on that. Almost, I mean, almost none. And I've been to, I've been on Expedia. I've been on cheap tickets. I've been on Delta's website, American's website, United, any of these. And, and it's always about the same. And it's been that way for ages. And none of this ever changes. People talk about how they want things to fluctuate with the market. Where it changes, it usually just gets more expensive. This is not competition to me. This is not healthy markets that I can see. It's kind of like with this whole argument of cord cutting or is there cable or is there competition when there's basically one type of cable company, one cable company offering what we refer to as cable coaxial cable, not fiber optic telecom type things, but you know, which is what AT&T does, but you know, just cable as we know it in each area, that's not competition. It's not, I, I don't care how you swing it. I sat down and I did the math on three different ways of requiring basic television service and internet into my home, which television, not necessary really, but internet, yeah, it's kind of these days it's hard to, you know, and I have to have it for my job. I've got to be able to use the internet when I'm at home, you know, in case of emergencies, that's not an optional thing. Whether or not I went the cord cutting route, whether or not I went the cable route, whether or not I went the AT&T route, whether or not I went the direct TV route, they all run me about the same. There's not any difference. And they all have shitty customer service and they all get away with murder and they all have the upper hand. And I feel like I have absolutely no rights. This is not competition at all. And it doesn't change much. And it's been that way for as long as I've been having to pay for my own utilities. You know, uh, Reese, did you see what happened with American Airlines recently with the workers and the raises? No, it happened. Yeah, okay, so this was great. So uh, uh, last week, American Airlines agreed to, to do something nice. They were going to forfeit, you know, maybe, you know, little profit margins, and they gave their employees a raise to close up a gap that they had had between Delta and United. And Wall Street absolutely flipped out. Stock prices plummeted, everything went in the shitter, and a city analyst actually said, an analyst for Citibank actually wrote this in a note. This is frustrating. Labor is being paid first again, and shareholders get the leftovers. Wow. Really? Is that how it works? I don't think that's how it works. So, this is what these, these are where some of my, my gripes come from in the business world. You see what I'm saying? Dang, that makes sense. I just feel like I just went on a big old rant there. Well, I mean, I, I'm... And didn't gloat about how the economist agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm with you on competition in general. I've talked about that ad, ad nauseum. Um, so, 
not going to argue with you there. Well, uh, we are out of time. Have you, have you, have you, have you anything else? I do not. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Take us out with something cool. I I don't, I I can't. I can't. I I have nothing. I, I have nothing cool to add. You guys are great. All of you. You're very cool. You, 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 you own an RV. And 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 you're you're embarking on a, an interesting financial venture. That's very cool, right? It is. You're doing the show from an RV. I am doing the show from an RV right now. Are you not? It is fun. Yeah. yeah. That's how 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 very how how very American of you. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. No, unfortunately, I have nothing cool. I'll I'll do something next week. But yeah, but it was it was cool doing the show with you. And the fact that you people are listening is always cool. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 all we have. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check us out on Twitter. I'm at Libcom Matt. Tim is Libcom Tim. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Have an outstanding week.